Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture are fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Def Chen Symposium. So this week, we are actually gonna dive into one music genre that we mentioned before: Kavali music. And of course, as you guys know, Mr. Alex, who is sitting right next to me, <laughs> is an expert on that. I personally also want to know more the history, the group, you know, the influence, and also different audiences within it. Today we're gonna dive really deep into this music genre. So I'm gonna be the main host, and of course, Alice gonna answer a lot of our questions, and then yeah, just、um, bring a lot of detail into this conversation today. Yep, and we're gonna be diving right into Kabali music. We're gonna be finding out exactly where it started, how it originated, who performs it, how it's being articulated in modern societies, because it's very much a South Asian music genre. It comes from the Indian subcontinent. And now it's become a world music genre that's been adored by millions of people around the world. So we're going to be diving into that, and we're going to be learning a little bit more, and hopefully we'll encourage people to listen to it. So Alex,、um, as the expert on this music genre, can you tell me more about the history of it, and how did you start having interest in Kawali music? All right. So Kawali music as a music genre has been in existence for over a thousand years. It began very much in the Middle Ages, around the 1200s,、mm. and then in the 10th century, the pretty much the origins of Kabali music began in Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Turkey.、Mm. Each of these areas of the world developed very particular styles of music, and these made their way eventually to India in the 12th to the 13th century. Now, I only discovered it very recently. I want to say in the past couple of years. After listening to a performance by Peter Gabriel of song "In Your Eyes," and I got to see a Kabali singer, Nusafat Ali Khan, sing an accompaniment tune or sing a melody with Peter Gabriel. This particular music genre originated in one form called sama by a man named Kwaja Moyundin Chisti. It's a little bit hard to pronounce, but can he, you do that again? Yes. So. <laughs> It all began under a Sufi saint by the name of Kwaja. Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to pronounce that name again. Okay. Well, the name it is Moin Undin Chisti, and he's a Sufi saint, so he's known as Kwaja Moin Undin Chisti.、Mm. And he was originally from Afghanistan. Okay. And he came to India in the twelfth to thirteenth century, settling in a place called Ajmer in northern India. This is mostly because India. Was widely accepted as the cradle of civilization, one of the first places where humanity developed、mm -hmm. civilization.、Definitely. And Chisti saw how people were enjoying music, and they enjoyed dance. So he began creating Kawali, or the basis of Kawali, to convert people to Islam. But was he, Kawali wasn't known as Kawali at this point. It was actually known as Sama. Okay. And to this day, it's still known as Sama in few areas around the world, like Central Asia and Azerbaijan, and in the Middle East. But Chisti really began perfecting sama, began developing sama, and as he had disciples, as he began bringing people to his movement, the disciples began to nurture the form, and among them was a man named Amir Husserl. And Husserl was a very prolific figure. He was a poet and he was a、mm. musician, almost like the Mozart of the Middle Ages in South Asia. And he was the one that turned sama into what became known as Kabali, 
He was a musical innovator who took the languages of Punjabi and Basha and he incorporated them into the lyrics of some of the songs and different musical tunes. He invented musical forms that combined Arabic and Turkic musical genres into Indian classical music. So, and he created forms such as Kaul, Kalbana, Tarana, Naqsh, and Gul. So was Gawali music first a religious tool? Because you mm-hmm. mentioned about they're used to convert people. Yes. Right? So Sama originally was this conversion tool, and so was Gawali. Gawali was originally formed, formed in mosques. It was mm. performed in mosques. Mm-hmm. But it became known as this globalized musical form. But that really much only happened in the modern day. Over the centuries, it, became, it was really much this religious form of music. Mm. But Amir Husaro, what he was basically doing was he was creating this music and he was incorporating people and inviting people to learn more about Qawwali, but also to learn more about Islam itself. And one of the main things that he did, and this is probably one of the most genius things that he did, is that he invented two instruments that became quintessential to not only Qawwali, not only to South Asian music, but also South Asian culture in general. One is the sitar. If any of you have heard of Ravi Shankar and the Beatles, Ravi Shankar is a Mm. sitar player. And then tabla drums. And tabla drums are particular kinds of drums that create a very particular sound that reminds people of South Asian culture. He was the one that helped invent both of them. And all modern gawals to this day are following in the footsteps of Husra and his musical tradition, but still very much believe in the forms of Chisti and his foundation, so to say. Mm. But well, like, why they follow um, one of them but not the other? Be- essentially, they follow one but not the other because Chisti laid the foundations of Sama and he laid the foundations of Sufism. He laid the foundations of the Chistia order and the music. Mm. But Husserl was the one that articulated them okay, and translated them into what became known as Kowali. So they were mm. just different links on the chain. And all Kowals after Husserl followed in the steps of Husserl's tradition. But and Chisti was the one. are more like all the followers yes. and the disciples in this music genre. Yeah. Kowals are performers of Kowali. Mm. And they are the ones that preserve the tradition and continue the tradition and actually belong to families that have been following this tradition for hundreds of years, like the Ali Khans, the Ali Faizes, the Sabris, and the Parvins. They all sort of articulate this musical form and bring it through the centuries. And that's how Kowali sort of changes. At Husserl's time, when new languages were introduced that added new musical forms. But then in the modern day, you have this one musician. His name was Fateh Ali Khan. And he began changing the lyrics of certain tunes mm. and he combined genres of music like Drupad and Khayal or Drupad and Khayal, depending on the certain pronunciations. Mm. So those two are the two sub-music genres within Big Gawali mm. genre? Actually, they are two very major traditions within Hindustani classical music. Oh, interesting. So he was trained in Drupad. His brother Mubarak Ali Khan was trained in Khayal, I believe. Right, or it could have been yeah. the other way around. And when they worked together, they combined the genres, they synthesized them and they began creating this new form of music. So the old forms were still very much intact. Mm-hmm. The old genres, the old traditions are still there, but they're just tra- retranslated for newer audiences. So the tunes are the same, but the tempo is faster. The lyrics are the same, but mm-hmm. how they're articulated may be changed. And there will always be changes, but it all depends on what direction they will be changed. And this is probably what Nusra Fateh Ali Khan did, because Nusra Fateh Ali Khan who is this very major force within Kabali music and also just South Asian music in general. He was the one that brought in Western classical styles of singing. He brought in flamenco music, jazz, and he combined it with Kabali and South Asian music to create this sort of hybrid sound. 
but the old forms are still there.、Mm, so the changes are more like the old school and the new school. Two schools they clash together with the involvement for you know history, audience, population, and all that.、Mm-hmm. A little、okay. bit, but I wouldn't call it clashing, so to say. But it's more just like a transition, transition, and、mm. more like a metamorphosis. A little bit. It's like you're shedding your skin. You're going from one form to the next, but you're not forgetting what the old form is.、Mm. And particular places where the old forms and new forms sort of commingle with each other are places called garanas. And garanas are schools of music where the singing is practiced. And they exist all throughout the Indian subcontinent in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh. They even exist in Sri Lanka, Nepal, and Bhutan.、Mm. And basically, these are areas where people can go to learn how to sing, and they learn particular musical forms that are endemic to the region and endemic to the culture in which the garana was created. So, like, are there different schools that are specializing certain music genre or certain、mm-hmm. performances? Yes, very much so. Okay. So you have a garana that could be devoted to、uh, a bansuri flute, for example, for an instrumental garana, a garana for sitars. Then you have a garana for kafi music, which is a kind、mm. of Sufi music. We'll get into a little bit later. You have a garana for kawali. You can have a garana for drupad. You have a garana for kayal, and you have just different schools for different specializations for the voice. So was the selection process very intense and competitive? I'm not too aware of the garana selection process, so to say. Okay. But what I can say, though, that. A lot of these garanas were founded through these families. One particular singer, in particular, named Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, his family, the Fateh Ali Khan family or the Ali Khan family, has been performing for 600 years, and they founded a school called the Patiala Garana in the Punjab. And this was where a lot of the singers really trained and worked with masters to perfect their voices. And Nusrat, in particular, had a very interesting story because originally. His father Fateh Ali Khan, who's this master musician, didn't want Nusrat to go into the tradition、mm-hmm. because if Nusrat went into the tradition, then he probably wouldn't have the best of lives because musicians at the time didn't really have a very high place in society. They were mostly、uh, court musicians for the rajas, and they didn't have a good means to support themselves. But as time went on, this sort of changed itself, and Nusrat was very passionate about music. So Fateh Ali Khan said, "Okay, I will train you." And then next thing you know, Nusrat, with his very unique manner of singing, ended up becoming the greatest kawal because he had this unique voice, this unique training, this tradition, this pedigree, this lineage, but also his mastery of other music genres as well. Like I said, he mastered Western classical music. He understood operatic singing styles and brought it to the genre. He understood reggae music. He understood flamenco music. He understood all musical forms, and he tried to incorporate it into. His music, and I'm going to be playing this particular song, which is a Kawali classic. It's known as Akiyan Udik Dia, and it's all about. It's essentially a love song towards God, but it's also just a love song in the sense of trying to explore love as an emotion. So it could be attributed to a singular person, to something that you do, to something that you see,、mm. and it really goes beyond the sort of verbal, the sort of lyrical elements that are there. Interesting. This is quite a coordination. Oh yeah. Wow, his way of controlling his voice is just like perfect.、Mm-hmm. 
He's actually classically trained in Western music and like、ah, operatic singing. He is okay. So the way he's able to control his voice, it's all just practice and training every single morning. Sometimes at five o'clock in the morning.、Mm. So what is the singing? So the singing that he's pretty much expressing is essentially a folk. Style. So the song itself is all about love, love to the creator, and love in expressive forms and emotions. And he's singing in a mixed voice, so it's very light. That's very powerful. Yeah. That was fantastic, and we were also gonna post our source of music, and then the YouTube link. As well as、um, all the information on the site notes. So if you guys are interested, welcome to go back to the channel and have a great appreciation for your music.、Mm -hmm. So now, after we're talking about the first family slash the first group, so tell me more about the second group that you want to talk today. Well, the second group is based around one particular individual. His name is Aziz Mian. Now, Aziz Mian, he is very much the poet of Gawari music. He's a lyricist, and he part of the reason he is this lyricist. Is because of the fact that he studied at the Data Ganj Baksh School in Lahore. So he was a very highly educated man. He had a master's degree in Persian and Arabic, and in Urdu literature, as well as a bachelor's in English.、Mm. And he was one of the few gawas who actually wrote his own songs, rather than inheriting the lyrics and singing the songs that have been passed down from generation to generation. He built upon those by writing his own lyrics, his own takes on them. Particularly, he wrote songs directly addressing God and telling God about. The condition of mankind,、mm. and how mankind's condition may not necessarily be the best, and how they should probably change things, or how how we should be looking, so to say.、Mm. So usually,、um, in Gawali music, lyrics and then a song are inherited from the legacy, like from the older generation.、Mm -hmm. Is that how it usually work? Oh yes, that is how all Gawali culture really is. It's not just a music genre; it is very much a culture. There are families that preserve the culture. The lyrics themselves are passed down from generation to generation. They're built upon to a certain degree, and the themes and the training and the voices are passed down from one from father to son, from grandfather to grandson,、mm. in such a way. There's a very strong bond within the family itself and how they perform. And Aziz Mian took it a step further by saying, "Let's create this new traditions. Let's create these new Kaweli songs, which build upon this older legacy, but also bring about." Newer ideologies that can help people in this day and age understand what Kabuli is and develop a greater appreciation for it. Okay, interesting. So, for the younger generation, are they not allowed to change the music or the lyrics? Well, it's a very interesting question. I'm not entirely sure myself, but what I can say though is that if they change the lyrics and change the tunes, but they do not understand what they are changing, if they do not understand the songs and the content that they're dealing with,、mm. then they're not allowed to change it. But if if they've had a very strong education, if they were trained, if they understand the music itself, and they've had the sort of the pedigree and the reputation, 
then yes, they can change it in a particular kind of way, but they still have to respect the older forms, the older traditions. And when they do change it, they have to change it in a way that doesn't discredit Kabbali or doesn't destroy the credibility of Kabbali itself. Great. But what if like you're so bored and tired of the old songs? What do you do? Are there any disputes in the family? Well, when you want to change the music a little bit, you create your own Kowali tunes, what you do is basically this. You take the lyrics, you take the forms, you take the music, and you create your own sounds into the lyrics. You create your own sounds, your own musical tunes for mm -hmm. the lyrics themselves. And sometimes it could be an accelerated tempo or slower tempo. It could be in a particular key, a particular tune, a particular like musical scale, so to say. Mm -hmm. And that would be your way of reinventing it a little bit. That's how a lot of kobos really approach their music. They take the song and they add certain emphasis on certain words rather than other words. Okay. But the lyrics themselves and the messages and the poetry remains unchanged. Great. So let's go diving to this family's music and let's have one sample. What is the instrument that he's playing? The instrument he's playing is a pump organ called the harmonium. It was actually an instrument of European origin that made its way into the subcontinent and is now used within Kawali troops and within South Asian music in general. Mm. This is very expressive. Oh yeah. So yeah, when you guys go into the specific link that we sent it to you, you should definitely look at his expression. Mm -hmm. Because I remember this is a talking about like your expression to God, spiritual life and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And the thing about Aziz Mian is that when he's speaking, he's very much like a poet or a Homeric kind of balladic singer. And he's really much trying to express messages and themes through the lyrics that he's written and through the lyrics that he expresses. Interesting. That was really strong storytelling. If you guys had a chance, please watch the video version of it because you can see his facial expression, his way of doing the instrument and also coordinating with other team members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Aziz Mian had a very wide career. He performed all throughout the subcontinent as well as Iran. Mm. But while he was in his career, he actually had a very famous rivalry with another Kowali family, another Kowali group called the Sabri brothers. And for those of you who listen to Kobali music a lot, the Sabri brothers are a very well-known group. And they're comprising of two main brothers, Hulam Sabri and Makbul Sabri. And this family actually belongs to the Sabriya order, the Sufi order, which is different from the Chistiya order. And the story of this family is actually quite incredible because they migrated from India to Pakistan during the partition. What is exactly Sufi order? So a Sufi order is a particular branch of Sufism within the Islamic religion. It's mm. essentially akin to like a Christian group, so to say, that's not 
a major Protestant organization like Anglicanism mm -hmm. or like Catholicism or Orthodoxy. In Islam, you have Shia and Sunnah, and then you have Sufi orders like the Chistia, Muridia, Sabriya, depending on the regions in which Islam is in existence. Got it. Yes. And essentially, the Sabri brothers belong to this order called the Sabriya order. They went to Karachi during the partition. They had to overcome poverty, but they eventually became very accomplished Kawali musicians. Khulam Sabri's voice is very deep, very resonant. Makbul's voice is very light and very almost angelic to a certain degree. And they were actually one of the first Kawali musicians, if not the first Kawali musicians, to bring Kawali to the West through their performance at Carnegie Hall sometime in the 1970s or 1980s, I would say. Okay, that's great. Um, then you mentioned about they originally were under poverty. Mm -hmm. So how's the payment in Kawali musicians in general? So Kawali musicians right now in this day and age, it really depends on what track you've adopted, so to say. So different 70s. track has different popularities? Is yes, that what you're so different... Different choices in how you want to conduct your career really yeah. determine that. So if you want to be okay. a playback singer in Bollywood, it pays rather well. Mm. But if you want to do the traditional route sometimes, like uh, Ustad Nusrat or the Sabri brothers, sometimes you'd actually have people raining money on you in some of these mm. performances. Wow. Yeah, that, that's what happened in mosques sometimes. You'd have people raining down rupees on to you during the performance as part of the culture of it, or people giving a donation of money right at the front. Mm. But before all of this, a lot of these musicians in the Indian subcontinent were court musicians. They would be on commission by the royalty mm -hmm. and performed within the courts. Mm -hmm. Or they would be performing in mosques in a very similar kind of fashion, or performing in the garanas. But right now in the modern day, you have pretty much the main track to get like proper finances. If you're on Coke Studio, if you're in Bollywood, most people believe that that would be the extent of it, that sort of environment, you would get paid big bucks, you'd be that rock star, and you would have that kind of impact, and you'd have that career. And unfortunately, this puts a lot of folk festivals, a lot of folk performances, of folk gatherings at a disadvantage, because these big shot musicians, they don't want to go back into that life. There's not a lot of exposure, there's not a lot of uh, abilities to expand their careers. Even though some of these folk musicians may be much more talented than these playback singers, in certain cases, the ability to make more money on Coke Studio and Bollywood is there. So more people are gravitating mm. towards Coke Studio and to Bollywood. Right. Okay, let's listen to this piece. Wow, so that is the deep, strong voice, right? Yep, that is the deep, strong voice of Pula. Mm -hmm. He's a very big person mm -hmm. with a very deep throat. Mm -hmm. So he's able to hit a lot lower notes and have a deeper timbre in his sound.
a big contrast. Mm-hmm. That's his brother Makbul. So where Hulam is the deeper tones, Makbul exa- exhibits the higher tones and inhabits that range, so that there is a balance between the two. And while a lot of Kalawadi music is sung in Punjabi and in Hindi and Urdu, what they're actually singing right now is Persian, so Farsi. And this song itself actually inhabits about three or four languages that you flip between. Among them is Urdu, Punjabi, Arabic, and Farsi. Let's talk about the fourth family. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me why you think this family is so special among the five. Well, this one I gotta say is the most special because, among other things, they practice kawali, but they also practice kafi music as well. So they have multiple styles of music and multiple languages that they're singing within. Mm-hmm. And this is accentuated and this is very much articulated through their most uh, recent singer, who's essentially a master of this style of music called Abida Parveen. Abida Parveen is a Sindhi Sufi. She mm-hmm. grew up in the Sindh province of Pakistan. And her father was this musical master. So she was trained in all these different musical styles. And she has a very deep throat, a very deep voice, just like Adele. And she's a very oh, I love talented Adele. person. Yes. Her voice is fantastic. Oh, yes. Adele is a wonderful, wonderful singer. And Abida has a very much the same voice. Only Abida's voice is a little bit more refined. Because Abida has much more training. Mm-hmm. And also her voice... Actually, is a little bit lower and can be a little bit higher at certain times as well. And she tries to incorporate Kawali into her music. However, she's not considered a Kawali singer because Kawali is traditionally formed by men. It's traditionally performed by male singers. Yeah. So how was she perceived by the public? Well, actually, as she was singing Kafi music, as she was singing this music, she was very much widely accepted. Okay, that's good So she was very popular. Mm -hmm. And as her career took off, she sort of became adored by millions of people. She became one of the major vocal forces in Pakistan. She became a judge on this sort of like Indian Idol-esque kind of show. Mm. And she really just became this very clear symbol of the change in traditions within Pakistan and within the Indian subcontinent itself, showing what women can do in this kind of industry with religious music itself. And not just religious music, but religious music in a religion where the separation between male and female is very defined. So right now in Gawali music, how many women are usually there? What's the percentage? I'm not sure exactly about the numbers, but it's still very much a male-driven atmosphere Mm because the culture of Gawali itself was established by men and Mm -hmm. it was preserved through male singers. So there's not a lot of individual female singers like Abida Barveen that are singing Gawali itself. So in a Gawali music family, what usually do daughters do? Daughters essentially stay within the household. And like most Indian families, like most families within the subcontinent, they have particular purposes, which is in the domicile. They're not necessarily encouraged to go 
out to pursue careers on their own, so to say. Mm. They're mostly just married off to certain individuals. The men are the ones that sort of learn the music. They learn the forms and everything like that. While women are pretty much learned from mother to daughter how to take care of the household, how to raise the children and everything like that. Mm. That's just the way the culture developed. Mm. But now over time, women have more opportunities to advance themselves within South Asian societies. They can become singers like Abida Parveen. They can become musicians. They can really do more with their lives rather than stay within the household. But the main thing, though, with Kawali music itself is that Kawali and the culture of Kawali, because it's been traditionally performed by men, it, the knowledge stays within the men. And it's definitely changing to a certain degree, though, about how Kawali music can be trained. Because this one particular woman, her name is Amanila Chisti, she was trained under Dildar Hussein, this very famous tabla player, on how to play Kawali music from the tabla perspective. So it's very much breaking down those barriers. But it's a very slow process because Kawali music is such a strong cultural force. Mm. She does has an adiotype voice, yeah. deep and powerful and well-trained. And she was singing like Adele before Adele was even a concept in most people's minds. She was performing in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. incredible thing is that she still retained her vocal qualities even as she's gotten older mm. so her voice really ages well which is really rare among singers That was certainly really impressive. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's just so unique for her to just break that tradition and bring a new stream of voice into the history. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And moving on from that, there's actually been a new development within the musical history of Pakistan and in India and the subcontinent in general. And this is the creation of Coke Studio, which is a TV network centered in Karachi, Pakistan, that mm -hmm. began in 2008. Oh, that's pretty new. Oh, yeah, very new. And the whole purpose of Coke Studio was to bring the older forms of music, bring in new forms of music, and become this sort of melting pot between the traditions. Mm. And also the performers that are on Coke Studio. These are performers like Abida Parveen, Atif Aslam, Rahafat Ali Khan, and Amjad Sabri, who are really just singers that are at a notch of professionalism that mm. is beyond most singers. There's no auto-tuning. There's no adjustment to the vocal qualities of the voice. If your voice can't stack up to the on-pitch tunings of the backup singers or the performers or the musicians and the instrumentalists, 
then you have no place on Coke Studio.、Mm. And that's the beautiful part about Coke Studio is that this high quality of performance that you really cannot find anywhere else on any other TV show. Interesting. So it's like directly performing at Coachella or like Grammys, right? Yes, but the only difference is that at Coachella and Grammys, they. Alter the performances a little bit to have like dancers, flashy lights, and everything like that. But this is just music. This is pure music, pure singing. Everything has their own place. So you mentioned this is a combination for traditional Gawali and modern music.、Mm-hmm. But what kind of modern music? So modern music in the sense of using、uh, very clear sounds, maybe like electric guitars sometimes, keyboards, and at certain times they use like electric basses as well.、Mm. And sometimes they use electronic noises at the same time, but it's not using electronic noises and using these instruments for the sake of using them, to, just because they sound cool and they think they'll complement it. It's because they have a particular purpose to it, to create this sort of sound, to create this music, and to augment the lyrics, to augment the songs, which had already been in existence for sometimes centuries before.、Mm-hmm. Right now, to play this song. Called Aja Ranga Hai or Rang from Coke Studio Season Nine. Wow, this is literally like a concert setting.、Mm-hmm. So cool, very modern. Oh yeah, I see your point right now. This is actually one of the most famous songs performed on Coke Studio,、oh. and part of the reason why it's so famous is because these two singers, Rahat Elihan and Amjad Sabri, they are the successors and the heirs of Nusafat Elihan and the Sabri brothers.、Mm. So it's combining the two styles under one roof.、Mm. That key is really good and impactful.、Mm-hmm. It's very projective as well. Oh yes. This is a one in a million kind of voice right here. Wow! It's like great genetics,、mm-hmm. great training,、mm-hmm. and at the same time, just absolutely wonderful control. And this is a true fact, though. He was actually not singing at his utmost at this moment because he actually had chewing tobacco in his mouth.
That was so impressive.、Mm-hmm. And I really, really, really like the modern setting. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful development because now you're incorporating the old with the new. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning this week's content. We talk a lot about the Gowali history. What are the major families? What are the people who listen to? And then the tradition, as well as some group that are so special within the big generation at this time. How traditional music is combined with the modern music is also a lifelong topic for us to discuss about. We're really happy that we can dive more into detail because I also have a lot of friends from our audience pool saying when we were talking about like the five music genres and dance genres, Kawali really intrigued them. So if you guys want to listen to more of the details in music genre, comment below. Give us a DM, give us a message. We will、um, probably dive more into voguing or hip hop later.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are a lot to talk about. But thank you very much for tuning in today. Thank you very much. And we'll be posting the videos on Instagram, Facebook, and all of our platforms so that you can enjoy the music on your own time. Have a great night. Have a great night. Bye bye.